politics, culture, chaos. It's time to make sense of it all. It's time to have a little fun. This is your afternoon dose of sanity. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. So I recorded this podcast, and then the entire thing came out staticky and all messed up. I had to reinstall the software for my home production studio, and anyway, that's why you're getting it late. I got to redo the whole thing. It's okay. You're worth it. Also, I'm in a good mood because I got to see Ghostbusters today, which was fantastic, by the way. I highly recommend it. If you're a fan of the original, you're not going to be disappointed by this. The question, of course, is what was this human pile of excrement doing on the streets? This, the suspect who mowed down people with his SUV, a rap artist, who actually used that SUV in his videos and drove it home after killing people with it. I mean, this is this is beyond beyond uh, anything that I can comprehend. I mean, honestly, it's why this guy was on the street. I'm, I'll I'll get into it, I, but let me because it's kind of depressing, and I just want to let you know that the first thing and first and foremost is before I get into all that, um, AOC has now decided that Build Back Better is going to include lots and lots of money for climate change provisions. All right, climate change and everything else in the world. This is the this is the thing then that that I was trying to explain. It's not just the spending, although it's a lot of spending, but it's also how it fundamentally changes your relationship with your government. And also one of the things it does is it it goes back to the beginning and goes back to uh to, to paying for climate change and all kinds of other nonsense. Here, take a listen to this. But uh Our advocates were making very clear that what we want in the Build Back Better Act is an update of the registry, a.k.a. path to citizenship, and to preserve path to citizenship in the Build Back Better Act for millions of our neighbors and our friends and our family. Now, millions in the House version of Build Back Better Act, there are some there there are some conservative Democrats that are insisting that we do not include path to citizenship in the House version. Who's a conservative but Democrat? That we include a provision uh, that kind of discusses a what is known as a parole option. Uh, our community has made very, very clear that parole is not good enough. And one of the reasons parole is not good enough is because uh, they have expressed that it is their belief that uh, the president can do that with an executive order. And so when it comes to if we're going to act on immigration legislatively, we need to open a path to citizenship. I, of course, am in agreement. So we are seeing challenges from conservative House Democrats and not wanting to include this. But and I do not believe that it is currently in the House version that is getting voted on soon. However, the Senate has the ability to include this Senate side. And if the Senate includes it uh, and the votes are there. Now, this is important because this is a parliamentary little gimmick that they want to play here, which is this. We know that we should be having a vote on this separate, but if we can pile it in through reconciliation and shove it all in there, we can get it done. This is what's happening right now. This is what's happening. They, they take everything under the sun and they put it all in one bill. Including a pathway to citizenship, which is something that they used to debate. Remember, they used to debate on it. And then it also gives cover for their members to say, well, I didn't really want a path to citizenship, but I, I wanted to pay for um, for insulin. I wanted to cap insulin at $35 a month because that's in here, too. This is the thing about this bill, which is that it fundamentally changes 
the federal government's role in your life because the, the government's going to be there for everything. $555 billion for climate change. In addition to what was passed in the infrastructure bill, investments for lead pipe removal, $150 billion for affordable housing, four weeks paid leave, caps insulin to $35 a month, cuts child care costs in half, expands Medicare to cover hearing care, allows Medicare to negotiate down some drug prices, extends the advanced child care tax credit another year, immigration reform, all of this stuff and more is in this bill. So this is the little scam of trying to get into the Senate version because they can't introduce it in the House version. This is why people hate Washington, by the way. The Senate, I believe that we can win uh, some of those conservative Democrats in opposition here in the House. Because the argument is, is, you know, why should we support this and take this big political risk if Senator Manchin is just going to kill the path to citizenship? And so if the Senate can include it and successfully pass it, it's much easier to win one vote than it is to try to get, you know, six to 10. And so if they believe that that it can pass the Senate, I think that we might be able to include registry overall. But the key here is that we if passage happens right now without uh, the path to citizenship in the House version. We have to really mobilize and advocate for it to be included in the Senate version. See, not not pass another bill, not introduce another bill, not have a big debate on this. Get it in the Senate version. This massive, massive trillions and trillions of dollars of spending. I just, I want you to know what's happening because not a lot of other people are smart enough to explain this. I mean, they're just not. There's a little, you know, I mean, I just, I have to, this is my God-given gift, so I got to share this with you and this is why you have me that's why so i can explain this and show you what what's really what what's going on here the great scam that is reconciliation and then if it's included in the senate version the house and the senate can conference house mouse and senate we can cat, work you know overtime right? to make sure that it's adopted this is our shot this okay is shot See? this right here everybody this is our shot at a path to citizenship for millions of our undocumented neighbors and our frontline workers and our essential workers and everybody. Now, let let me just, again, make the point that if you're somebody who agrees there should be a pathway to citizenship, this is not how you do it. This is not how you do it. This is is a, a massive, massive legislative change that should be debated and voted on in the Congress. Not this, not shoving it in next to insulin costs and and childcare expenses. But for the left, it's just about getting it done. Remember, they don't care how they do it. They'll just get it done. They'll put it in whatever they can. But realize now that for the people that control everything in Congress, which is her wing, her wing of kooks, this is for them. This is their moment. You hear her saying it. This is the moment who has been contributing and paying more taxes than even Facebook or Amazon does uh, and and has been contributing members of our society to finally be recognized. They pay more taxes than Amazon and Facebook. You got that? And so the guy next door uh, to you pays more taxes than Facebook and Amazon. Now's the time. Mm -hmm. Now is go time. And once this passes the House tonight, that's when it's really game on to ensure Senate passage. Uh, so that's the update there. See? Now, um, another part of this, obviously, is letting everybody out of federal prison. Now, before I get into this this, this scumbag who was accused of this crime, this horrible crime with a car, I want to just first let you know 
one of the things, like Axios, what sat down with Rashida Tlaib, who's another nut job member of the squad, sat down with Rashida Tlaib, and they talked to her about this. And this is a great little snippet here of what she wants to do, releasing everybody from federal prison. In 2020, you endorsed as, uh, the BREATHE Act, which yeah. is a series of proposals yeah. to transform America's criminal justice system mm-hmm. and create, quote, a roadmap for prison abolition. The BREATHE Act proposes emptying federal detention facilities within 10 years. To what extent have you wrestled with any potential downsides of releasing into society every single person who's currently in a federal prison? Yeah, again, I think that everyone's like, oh my God, we're going to just release everybody. That's not what what I'm... Yeah, but did you see how many people are mentally ill that are in prison right now? No, I know, but the act that you endorsed actually says release everyone. But in ten years, years, but think about it: who will release? But there were like human traffickers. Oh, I know. Child sex. So, but you're saying, do you mean that you don't actually support that? No, you you endorsed the bill. No, I endorsed the Breathe Act and looking at federal the policies and how we incarcerate. Absolutely. But it says in there. But you cannot. You cannot. You cannot just blankly say, oh, look, she wants... That's not what I'm... But that's like in plain text. But- right. They do support letting everybody to prison. Because remember something, these people are victims. right? If you're in prison, you're a victim of the white, supremacist, capitalist, heteronormative society. You're a victim, and that's why you should probably be let out of prison. Everybody who's in there. I mean, Hannibal Lecter, I think, was in federal prison. No, maybe it was state prison. Either way. Well, he definitely should be out. That guy got a bad rap, if you ask me. So... There are Minnesota, which is um, where she's a congresswoman, by the way. There are at least 16 murder cases in the past two years where the person charged was on probation or parole and had already been charged with another serious crime, including an illegal immigrant who was recently accused of of uh, of brutal murder. Again, I'm I'm bringing up crime and punishment here. It's all relevant to what happened with that that horrible uh, attack by a man driving an SUV. SUVs don't on their own attack. So I need to say it was a man driving it. But listen to what I'm talking about here. When the system fails, the consequences can be devastating. Care 11 analyzed murder charges in the metro. In the past two years alone, we found at least 16 murder cases where the person charged was on probation or parole and had already been charged with another serious crime. If they'd been revoked, it could have put them behind bars at the time of the alleged killing. Need PD. Body lay next to a car. Like Alexis Saborit. Charged with a murder so brutal, witnesses didn't believe their eyes. I didn't think it was real. Watching as Saborit allegedly cut off America Thayer's head with a machete in broad daylight on the Shakopee Street. I don't understand killing anybody. I don't understand anybody doing that, but certainly not to disgrace and to just deface. Charles Thayer, disgusted by how his mother was killed, but tragically not surprised given Saborit's history. The abuse is so much that you can't even air some of the things that I could describe to you. Even before he'd met America and moved to Minnesota, Saborit had multiple convictions in Louisiana, including one in which he tried to stab his then-girlfriend. An undocumented immigrant, the U.S. unsuccessfully tried to deport him. Then, in 2017, convicted of abusing Thayer, but given only probation after she intervened. And while still on probation, police say this happened. He's holding a lighter in a gas can. Documents show Saborit, waving a machete, attempted to burn down his own apartment building with others still in it. The fire is growing significantly. The fire is growing significantly. That arson could have been the last straw for any judge. Instead, Saborit was released again. 
allowed to remain on the street even after his probation officer checked a box that his continued release would endanger safety, especially America Thayer's safety. When she met this guy, everything about her life started going downhill. According to an indictment, Saborit told investigators on the day she died, Thayer was threatening to leave him. Do you think had he been locked up, it would have been easier for her to get away? Certainly. Instead, authorities say Saborit, a man who should have already been in jail, killed her. Let's move over to Wisconsin, shall we? The suspect in the fatal Christmas parade crash that killed five people and injured dozens is a Wannabe rapper who was released from jail just days earlier. This guy's got a rap sheet, though. Now, he's charged with five counts of intentional homicide in the attack. He calls himself Mothboy Fly. Okay? Mothboy Fly. Daryl Brooks, 39 years old. He may have even used the same SUV in a now-since-deleted video on his YouTube channel. The crumpled Ford Escape SUV was found parked in his driveway. Now, that's amazing, right? This guy uses this to kill people runs through a crowd, and then drives it and parks it on his driveway. He's got quite the history here. He was recently released on a $1,000 cash bond on Friday in a November 5th case in Milwaukee County for resisting or obstructing an officer. Reckless endangering safety, disorderly conduct, bail jumping, and battery. He's a very fine, upstanding citizen. In another case dated July last year, Brooks is charged with reckless endangering and illegal possession of a firearm. According to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Brooks has been charged with crimes at least 10 times in all since 1999. That includes a guilty plea to a felony count of inflicting substantial bodily harm to a person when he was just 17. He's posted music videos online, some with violent lyrics, and and included one where he is rapping in front of a red SUV, which looks like the same one that was used in the tragedy. And uh, he's a real uh, piece of piece of work here, this guy. I'll give you some more details into this. But he was taken into custody after a cop fired at his uh, at, at his uh, um, at his car. Now, according to some details published by the Sun and linked on the uh, on the Drudge Report here, this guy was out on what is known as an inappropriately low bail, inappropriate low bond. The DA admits now; they admit this now, right? That he was out on what is a, a ridiculously low bond. How this happens, how people like this are allowed to walk free among the earth among us here is, is, is beyond me. But he had been accused of running over the mother of his child in early November before making bail. By the way, the, the, uh, the victims in this, I'll read you their names. Virginia Sorensen, 79. Leanna Owen, 71. Tamara Duran, 52. Jane Kulich, uh, 52. Kulich, excuse me. 81-year-old Wilhelm Hospital. These are the victims and, and dozens of people hurt. They say it was not terror related, but to me, this sounds like domestic terrorism. Doesn't sound like that to you. If a guy in a car runs down people and tries to kill them, like to me, that's the very definition of terrorism. It may not be Islamic fundamentalism. Like it may not be Al Qaeda, but I feel like there's other. Haven't we not been lectured about domestic terrorism? Have I not heard this? The January 6th, everybody there was a domestic terrorist. I've heard this over and over again from the left and the media constantly. But with this guy, they come out and say, oh, it's not terror related. That's not I think everybody there was terrified. I think people are going to be terrified for a long time to come after this. So he's committed terror, if that's the definition of it. At least nine patients, most of them children, were listed in critical condition Monday. It's two hospitals. And um, 
how how this guy was able to be out there. All right. So he's facing a number of criminal charges in the run-up to the rampage. One case filed November 5th. He was charged with resisting or obstructing an officer, reckless homicide, disorderly conduct, bail jumping, and battery. He was ordered to not have any contact with a female victim, and records show a $1,000 bond was posted on Friday. $1,000. He tried to run over this woman and kill her, and they gave him a $1,000 bond. 1000 bucks. I think if you steal $1,000, you don't even get a $1,000 bond. And, and this guy was out on a $1,000 bond. In another case filed in July of 2020, Brooks is charged with reckless endangering and illegal possession of a firearm. In the more recent one, a woman, believed to be the mother of his children, told police that Brooks deliberately ran her over with his vehicle in a gas station parking lot after a fight. She was hospitalized for her injuries. An arrest warrant for the November 2nd incident obtained by the son says he punched the mother of one of his children with a closed fist. The woman was left bloodied with tire marks on her clothing and a swollen lip, according to reports. Court documents show officers... Observe her to have swelling on her lip and dry blood in her face. Tire tracks on her left pants leg because he tried to run her over, which is trying to kill somebody. If you're trying to kill someone, you should not be out on the streets. I'm sorry, but this is not a guy who was like caught with a joint in his pocket. Details of the latest domestic incident. He's uh, uh, I'm sorry, he's a long criminal history, 15 arrests since 1999 in Wisconsin alone. Charges include possession of drugs, strangulation and suffocation and battery. Uh, he just tried to strangle somebody and suffocate her and kill him. That's no no big deal. Milwaukee County District Attorney's Office said in a statement on Sunday, the bail recommendation in this case is not consistent with the approach of the Milwaukee County District Attorney's Office toward matters involving violent crime, nor was it consistent with the risk assessment of the defendant prior to setting of bail. The office is currently conducting an internal review of the decision to uh, the recent bail recommendation in this matter in order to determine the appropriate next steps. Now, is there a link to Kyle Rittenhouse? Of course not. Is there a link to the reaction from the verdict in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial? Yes. Will MSNBC acknowledge that tonight? Will they talk about this man and his 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 racist eyes? MSNBC is a is a harbinger of racists. I mean, racists work there. It's a racist place. Joy Reid is a racist. She constantly talks about white people writ large and says horrible things like white tears and white lies. I mean, she's she's a racist. Did did this guy get fired up by listening to her post? trial commentary when all these racists on msnbc were screaming because they didn't like the results of a, of a jury trial a jury of of kyle rittenhouse's peers who I obviously according to them were all white supremacists as well did did this did that fire up this guy you know me i'm not one to blame rhetoric for things but since they're constantly blaming my rhetoric and the rhetoric of other people on the right you know i heard whether well, fat steve schmidt come out what he say he said uh that kyle rittenhouse was radicalized by trumpism right so was this guy radicalized by MSNBCism, by Joy Reidism? I'd like to know. It's a fair question, right? So after the trial, apparently now this guy posted that he was not surprised by the outcome of the case. Though police have so far not said if the rampage had anything to do with the verdict. And when 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 Kyle Rittenhouse uh, Kyle Rittenhouse had been arrested, I guess he made some comments too. Now look, is this the straw that broke the camel's back? I don't know. This guy appears to me to be a real human piece of garbage. And the question, of course, is if he tried to murder people like his, the mother of his children, why, why was he walking around the streets? Why? And this is what I keep asking myself. And I have to keep asking myself this because this is, I guess, a fundamental point of where we are right now. All right. I, I, it's, it's infuriating, isn't it? I know. It really is. So I'm, I'll do this here. Let me do this. Let's cut through the BS. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast.
You know, as we talk about crime on the show and the podcast, too, it's, it's a very interesting thing to think about how Democrat-run places are having just these ridiculous uh, spikes in crime. And I think it's going to be a big issue in the 2022 election. I think people are have always been concerned about crime in their communities. And you see something like what happened, this tragedy in Wisconsin, and you think about why this guy was out there, why this, this, this again, this human garbage was was allowed to be free when he tried to to kill a person. I, I don't understand that. And I think people think about that and they get rightly concerned. Like I don't want their kids getting run over by some psychopath at a, at a, at a Christmas parade. Uh, <clears throat> there's a report that was done by ABC on the, some of the stuff going on in San Francisco, which at one point was one of America's most beautiful cities. And then of course the left ruined it by trying to create a socialist utopia. And whenever you try to create socialist utopias, this is what you get. You get this. Good morning, DJ. More retailers are now taking action after this series of really brazen smash and grabs. Thieves are entering stores at all hours of the day, and some are making off with up to a million dollars in goods. The latest robbery on Saturday in San Francisco, 80 thieves running into a Nordstrom, stealing goods and smashing shelves. Officers stopping one car, arresting a man and a woman, and then a third suspect was caught on foot. A day earlier, also in San Francisco, more than $1 million in merchandise was stolen after thieves broke into several stores that day. Walgreens is already closing several San Francisco stores after videos of brazen shoplifters went viral, including video appearing to show a man riding his bike out of a store with a bag full of stolen items. And the Chicago area has also been hit hard. Just last week, 14 suspects ran into this Louis Vuitton store, grabbing $120,000 in purses and other items before fleeing in getaway cars. And police say in that case, the store's security guard was on a break. George... Well, there you go. And I think, too, it's uh, it's turning around into America to be a kind of place where you go, hey, everywhere the left says it's going to be fun and beautiful, it turns into a crime hellhole. By the way, NBC News says you may want to think about foregoing your turkey for Thanksgiving. They say some people think turkey's overrated. It tends to be the most expensive thing on the table. So maybe you do an Italian feast instead. Now, look. The proper way to do it is turkey and lasagna. Everybody knows that. You do the turkey and the lasagna or the turkey and the raviolis. But you don't forego the turkey for Thanksgiving. What's wrong with you people? But again, this is what a lot of people in the in the media think. Make sacrifices. Put it on the cardigan and lower the temperature, okay? Things are expensive. Deal with it. Suck it up, buttercup. And people just want their turkey. That's all they really do. They just want their turkey. I don't think it's too much to ask. Do you? Uh, Maxine Waters weighed in on the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict and, uh, you know, she hates the jury system. She basically said, Congresswoman Maxine Waters, also from the nutjob socialist utopia of California, she said, well, you know, I was absolutely disappointed in the judge. He demonstrated from the very beginning that he was on the side of the defendant. (laughs) The business of not letting the jury decide on the gun issue, whether or not he was too young to have had a gun, he took... That into himself, it was unusual for him to allow this defendant to be able to select who the final jurors were going to be. He was absolutely outrageous in the way that he conducted himself, and everybody saw that. He was the talk of the country, the way he conducted himself, and he was brazen. He was bold. He was on the side of the defendant, and I don't think justice has been served. I guess in her dystopian judge dread kind of a world, we want judges who are on the side of the government and the state, right? We want, gov- we want judges on the side of the state. Not judges on the side of the defendant or just the impartial dispatch of law, but really they should be on the side of the government. I mean, after all, this is someone that everybody knows is guilty, according to Maxine Waters and MSNBC. So there you go. 
And over in uh, in in uh, the other left coast or right coast of New York City, in uh, the other Democrat socialist utopia, a stabbing on a subway left a 32-year-old man dead on Sunday. Public transportation crime is on the rise in New York City. We talk about this in Philadelphia. We talk about what's happening in New York. We talk about what's happening in San Francisco. You see what's in common in all these different places? Hmm? Anybody? Anybody? But remember the real threat, though. You remember the real threat to all of this? Trump supporters, especially those that were in the Capitol Gallery Rotunda on January 6th and took pictures, especially those who took pictures next to Capitol Police officers. These people need to be in prison. So Michael Cohen, who at one point said he'd take a bullet for Donald Trump and has now become the biggest snake rat there is. I got a real problem with attorneys, priests, and psychiatrists who turn on their clients. I really do. In my mind, and hookers too. In my mind, you should be, it's sacred. Your attorney should go to the grave for you. I think so. the same with your priest. And obviously the same thing with uh, a prostitute, uh, uh, a psychiatrist. The, because if you can't count on these people and, and confidentiality, what, what can you count on here? But anyway, Michael Cohen's off of his house release now, his house arrest. So he and Allison Camerata were joking, you know, Yucking it up today. Here like I said, he has a fragile ego, so he cannot allow that to ever happen. Not in his mind. And what his goal is, is to convince you that he won the election. And he has done that with this percentage of Americans that are so deep into the cult of Trump. And trust me, I know about the cult of Trump. I was one of its leaders, maybe one of its founders. And I see exactly I wasn't. the stupidity of people as I walk in the city or I get certain text messages on occasion from individuals who are so... In- By the way, I, let me just say, I, 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 I'm, I'm not in the cult of Trump. Do you, do you notice how with these people, it's, it's either you are in the cult of Trump or you are a never-Trumper? What about the people that just like the guy's policies? Because we're rational, sane people, and we can like the guy and his policies without having to either be in a cult or spend my 24-7 of my day obsessing about how much I hate him and hate his people. Do you, do, you, do you find that with these people, it's all black and white? It really is. It's all black and white. It's, right. I mean, this is how it is with them. They can't comprehend 75 million people could just like the guy's policies without having to be in a field drinking Kool-Aid like Michael Cohen. The problem with Kool-Aid drinkers is that they're they're unbalanced. They're they're not balanced people. It's why I'll never be one. I don't care how much I support. I can't agree with everybody either. By the way, like Chris Christie's coming on tomorrow, so I get 50 emails from people about how they don't like him. I shouldn't have him on. I like having people on that I don't always agree with. I think it's healthy. It's interesting. But I, I don't. I also don't run a cult show of of just playing the same things you want to hear all the time, which I hope is part of the reason why you like me, but... I mean, I, this is what I don't understand. Guys like Michael Cohen, who admit that he was a Kool-Aid drinker, is the first guy that turns on Trump. I mean, think about it, right? And he goes and tries to bring down the man who gave him a job for how many decades and fed his family and get, made him a lot of money, too, I should add. Made him a lot of money. And, and what they can't comprehend is that there are just people out there who just like Trump's policies and would vote for him again tomorrow if they could. It doesn't mean they're in a cult. But let me start. Let me start this over. Now that I've given a little context in that, by the way, and people can disagree with Trump too. I see. This is the other thing too. I don't. I don't have a problem with people that 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 criticize Trump. I I, I can't be one of those people who like. Then those people need to be blacklisted and and bash. I in my mind, that's also being extreme. 
about everything. And I think it's just just be normal about it. There's some things you like, some things you don't. You talk about the things you like, you talk about the things you don't. It's just it's just being a normal person. It's not being a nut job like Cohen or a lunatic like Steve Schmidt or these other Lincoln Project people who obsess about Trump 24-7. Most of us just live our lives, don't we? We don't spend our day worshiping a guy. We don't spend our day obsessing about how much we hate a guy because we're normal. Like I said, he has a fragile ego, so he cannot allow that and to you ever don't? happen. Not in his mind. Please. And what his goal is, is to convince you that he won the election. And he has done that with this percentage of Americans that are so deep into the cult of Trump. And trust me, I know about the cult of Trump. I was one of its leaders, maybe one of its founders. And I see exactly the stupidity of people as I walk in the city or I get certain text messages on occasion from individuals who are so entrenched into this cult that they can't see straight. What's the answer to getting out of it? Maybe incarceration. <laughs> it was for sure me anyway. I'm not sure the prisons anyway. are big enough um, for all of that. <laughs> <laughs> not sure prisons are big enough. What if you people think that the election was, in fact, in many ways, there was cheating going on? Does that make them in a cult? I'm, again, I'm curious. I want to know what, what how that works, because it seems like if you now even question the election results, that means you're you're in a cult. And so if, if for example, in Pennsylvania, if I raise issue with what the state Supreme Court did by changing the deadlines outside of the scope of what the legislature put in place, does that am I a cult member then? Because I have a real problem with what they did in Pennsylvania, which obviously then affected, of course, affected the election outcome in the state of Pennsylvania, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. So is that is that I guess that's cultish behavior. So then leading up to the next election, if I come out and say something to the effect of like, hey, listen, I am I am I we need to get to the bottom of this to make sure that the Supreme Court does not try any nonsense before the election. Is that is that cultish behavior? Uh, this guy, I mean, I'm how this guy, this this Wisconsin, I'm, I'm still back on this guy, Daryl Brooks, 39, this uh, wannabe rap artist, inappropriately low bond days before the attack, according to the district attorney. So here's what I want to know with the district attorney. Is this a Larry Krasner, you know, Philadelphia's feel-good district attorney who views everybody as a victim, every criminal as a victim, like Rashida Tlaib and let, you know, let everybody out of prison? Is that what this is? I don't know, but it's Milwaukee County, and I'm guessing it's probably that. I'm guessing it's probably some nutty, you know, prosecutor who views these people as victims and victims of society and everything like that. I'm guessing that's what it is. I don't know. And I don't like to make these kind of claims, but I have a feeling I'm going to be right on this. Inappropriate low bail claim, uh, bail recommendation, inappropriately low. I just can't wait for Joy Reid to weigh in tonight. I just can't wait. Let me, before I let you go, because I got to wrap this up, because again, I have I had to redo this entire podcast. So uh, now I now I need to to go back and 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 answer for um, your time here, and I want to make sure I get it out out to you. But here's here's what we we we, we know this. Um, here's this. Andrew Cuomo, according to the New York State Assembly, damning Cuomo report detailing sexual harassment and COVID cover-up. The eight-month probe found overwhelming evidence that the former governor engaged in sexual harassment, according to the 46-page report. The report focused on two of the last 11 women who have accused Cuomo of sexual assault, an unidentified state trooper and Brittany Camiso, who served as an executive assistant to Cuomo. The Assembly Judiciary Committee found that the now-disgraced former governor likely violated state ethics laws as he utilized the time of multiple state employees as well as his own to further his personal gain during a global pandemic. 
Why? They helped him write his dumb book no one read, American Crisis, Leadership Lessons from the COVID-19 Pandemic in the Middle of the Pandemic. The finding contrasts Cuomo's claims that the work on his book was undertaken on a volunteer basis. Now, the report also adds that Cuomo was not fully transparent regarding the number of nursing home residents who died as a result of COVID-19. No kidding. Really. We've been t- I've been telling you this for a year and a half that the guy was lying about this. The assembly report files an investigation by New York State Attorney General Letitia James found the governor sexually harassed women. So more on this will come out, obviously, as you can imagine. And that'll be a good thing because we need to have all this come out. And, and, and get it all out there to the, to the truth. But we know that Cuomo's, is, I mean, the guy is such a liar, right? He's such a liar. Uh, before I let you go, I wanted to just share this with you. Joy Reid is the biggest racist out there. She is, she is one of the biggest racists out there. And her point on, on what she said regarding white tears, and I hope that Kyle Rittenhouse goes after her, I really do, for defamation of character. I really, I, she, he should. He should go after her um, exactly the way that anybody else should when you are just disparaged on a daily basis by people in the media. That's what, that's what Kyle Rittenhouse should do. So Joy Reid said, uh, white tears. She, she, she called out people male white tears. And, and, and that was on TikTok. And I don't know how that was okay. Why anybody would think that that was okay, that she did that. But this is, this is the thing about... Uh, people on the left, right? They're allowed to say the kind of stuff that if you and I ever said this, not that we would, not that we would, but if we ever said that, we would be killed over that. And rightfully so. But but why it is that she's allowed to have a job? And I guess, does Comcast stand behind this? Is that what it is? Does Comcast stand behind this? Is this the kind of person that they want to have as an employee who lumps people together in this way? Lumps people together on this way. And, 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 and basically says all white people are bad. That's what I want to know. Here, take a listen a little bit. If I can get this for you here, if I can try to find this, see if I can get the, uh, the audio here. But you know what? I got to deal with like 750 different ads. Aha, here we go. Ready? Here we go. Here we go. Got it. So it's Kyle Rittenhouse trial. It reminded a lot of people of something, something, I just can't remember what it was. Oh. The Brett Kavanaugh hearings, in which Brett Kavanaugh, who had been accused by a high school friend of committing sexual abuse of her, cried his way through the hearings to make him a permanent member and associate justice of the United States Supreme Court. And his tears turned out to be more powerful than the tears of Christine Blasey Ford, which were the tears of an alleged victim. But in America, there's a thing about both white vigilantism and white tears, particularly male white tears. Really white tears in general, because that's what carrots are, right? They carry out, and then as soon as they get caught, it's like, <laughs> green waterworks. White men can get away with that too. And it has the same effect, even as the right tries to politicize the idea that masculinity is being robbed from American men by multiculturalism and wokeism. They still want to be able to have their tears. So my friend Jahan Jones, who writes the brilliant The Readout blog, wrote a great piece about this. Okay, so there you go. White tears, white male tears. Not like a white person's tears. White tears. White male tears. This is a racist. This is a racist person. 
But I guess she gets a free Xfinity subscription. I would imagine Comcast doesn't charge her because that would be... That would make anybody cry, I would imagine. Disgrace. She's a disgrace. More on all this tomorrow for you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Have a great night. Thank you.